Craig, Paul Crafty from Craftworks Distillery, and uh, Luke and Todd. We're uh, Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit, and uh, we're going to have some fun tonight because we are talking to. Thank you very much for the T-shirt, by the way. Um, we're good, talking man. to pity about the model. <laughs> pretty about the model, but uh, Waiheke, Waiheke whiskey from across the ditch in NZ, and um, from yeah, a really shit part of New Zealand, too, from it? a place I spent my teenage holidays. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm originally originally a Kiwi, and uh, Waiheke Island and Onatangi was uh, the Onatangi pub. I had many good time in the Onatangi pub, so. I may be pronouncing it wrong for all I know, too. Anyway, I'm rambling. So we've got Mark and Roe, founders of Waiheke Whiskey. How are you guys? Good. How are you going, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. And it's uh, what time is it over there? Onatangi is perfect. Sorry? Onatangi. Yeah, I pronounced it right. Onatangi is perfect, perfect pronunciation. Exactly right. Good, excellent. Five-minute jog from where we are. So right. that's a five-minute jog, five jog from where they are. Oh, right. Okay. The pub. Oh, who, right. Would, who would jog, though? I mean, that's just right. way too yeah, not much exercise. No. Oh, 15-minute crawl. Yeah. <laughs> or what, a 20-minute stumble? Jog and then stumble back, yeah. 30-minute stumble. Yeah, I haven't seen it. That's more my measurement. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, all right. Let's rip into it because we've got a lot to talk about and, and see. Definitely, we've got some things to see. Um, so, but what we do first as a bit of a ceremony is uh, we drink, don't we? We drink. We that's, we well, say what we drink. That's literally why we're here. That's why we're here. That's the primary we're reason here. is to drink, and we happen to have guests while we do so. So, <laughs> and we shoot the shit. <laughs> and we shoot the shit. Hello to everybody who's uh, joining us. Uh, what are we drinking first? Let's start with uh, you guys, Mark and Roe. What's in your glass tonight? Um, I've got the Waiheke Whiskey Moss Batch 2 with extra peat. So uh, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, a five-year-old nice. 100% bourbon cask, um, which I think you fellas may have some in your tasting pack there. You've got Moss so 1 and Moss 2. Packs, we gener these guys generously yeah. sent us a couple of packs to try tonight. So that's what, that's what we're going to be absolutely so you've crack. got so thank you very much for that as when i asked for a little sample this is the size i was expecting so we're very blessed <laughs> thank you so you've got the moss um, we're drinking the moss at the moment yeah so the moss was our first release um when we released uh is that the one, is that, so, the one uh, yeah. in that we drink first let's do it out of this kit yeah, so do you reckon we start with the moss from our end or because we've got yeah, well, so let's well, let's just have a look at what we've got in the pack. There's the sweet water, uh, the Ceres one, moss, and peat and port. Um, of those four, where should we start, do you think? Well, do you want to start peated or non-peated? There's only one non-peated in there, which is the sweet water. Um let's start so with we the sweet water and then go from there. So sweet water, sweet water is French oak. So we'll have a little drink here, and then we can talk about it. Sounds yeah, good. yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. So you've been going for just while we're pouring. You said this is a uh, so the moss is a five year old. 
Yeah. But you've been going for 10 years. 10 years plus, yeah. 10 years plus, which by Australian terms makes you ancient. Yeah, we're ancient, we're old. <laughs> uh, so, oh, cheers. 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 I'm on the waters. Rosie's on the water. She's driving the wagon. Um, <laughs> well, you so, don't live on site. Um, thanks very much, guys, for inviting us on is the first thing to say. Cheers, appreciate it. It's um, it's a bit later for us. It's more appropriate. What time is it for you? Uh, it's uh, 7 p.m. Oh, not too bad. So, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, perfect. Definitely appropriate whiskey time. Absolutely. So you've been around um, for, for 10 years or 10 years plus. Um, yeah, we 2010 we started. So, so that's more like 13 years. 2010 we started. Wow. And yeah. before that it was just a hobby. Yeah, correct. So 2008 we actually started hobby distilling. 2010 we started making whiskey. Um, and then we got really serious about it. I don't know, what do you think? Really serious about it 10 years ago, um, where we got some big stills, you know, got up to uh, build our bigger stills, which we've just replaced now 10 years later. So we built our, about a 1600 litre um, wash and a thousand litre spirit were our big stills up till our new stuff now. Mm. Um, so all the whiskey that we're gonna drink today was built on stills we built ourselves 10 years ago um but having said that we weren't like we were still hobby in terms of the frequency of the distillation so we weren't um so um patrick newton who's our head distiller he was at the time still um head winemaker at mudbrick vineyard here on the island and so he was distilling outside the vintage and um basically when he could uh mm. so yeah so the volume um of the stills are much bigger but we weren't we weren't we weren't even doing a barrel a week at that point yeah right. yeah yeah right it was just we were just because it was all hand mashed we we're making all our own wash and doing it but it was yep. just fun you know it was great fun on the weekends would come down and mash in and, and make a wash and ferment it over the week and then distill it and yeah try all sorts of different stuff very experimental phase for us mm, also yeah. we had no idea like we were in a, a vacuum and um like we didn't really know that you didn't you could kind of do shortcuts. <laughs> it wasn't until we went to Tasmania that we realised that lots of distilleries um, don't make their own wash. They're not milling and mashing, mm. doing all that stuff. So we, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, it was a lot slower. It was literally shoveling in. I mean, we had the gear made and then, yeah, it was like shoveling out. And, yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, we know yeah. we know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in in New Zealand, it is legal for you to to run a still without a license. Correct. Isn't it? Correct. You can you can have your own hobby still at home, make your own spirit, and not get in trouble with the ATO or the coppers. Um, Which is exactly how we started. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what sort of what sort of still were you running at that yeah, started, point as a we hobby? We started off running, well, we started off fermenting, actually, my business partner, we started as a beekeeper. So we had a lot of this um, sugar um, left over from the honey frames where we were washing them down. And um, and so we started fermenting that, making a mead and then distilling that. So we actually started off by making a sort of honey rummy sort of, I don't know what yeah, you right. call it. Um, and wow. then we started... Uh, uh, distilling some local hopped beer from a brewery on the island. 
So, um, and that was just in a little 50 liter um, stainless steel pot with a little top on top, you know. Yeah. And uh, the sort of thing that it's got a little heating electric element in it. It's only yeah. 50 liters. And um, that's kind of how we started, just as a hobby, really. Um, and then we started to get some, get our own grain and just very, very small quantities and uh, make a wash and play around with it. We made gin, do what everyone did, made gin, made vodka, yeah. made all sorts of stuff, anything we could get our hands on really. But the goal was to make whiskey um, and, you know, without a, um, without a prop, proper copper pot still really. I mean, it, it didn't really seem to, you know, wasn't going to happen for us. That's why we made that decision to, to build our first still. Um, so it was a transition from that hobbyist little tiny weenie thing um, to wanting to do something. And it was all done for fun. There was never, ever a thought of commercializing it at that stage. So it was really just total, total geekery, you know, yeah. geeking out on every single aspect, buying all the books we could, looking at all the different ideas of what we could do. And we were a bit ahead of the curve in you know, 2008, 2009. It wasn't, not, not many people were doing much uh, back then. So, you know, we had to literally build a still um which was our first geodesic still we built vitriol one um we it's another whole episode <laughs> <laughs> are we tasting this are we drinking this yeah. well, i've already finished mine because i loved it <laughs> yeah, very easy drinking i must say this is french yeah no i polished that off oh. way too quickly um uh, let's let me open up things see if i've finished it so your tasting notes say that we've got uh, obviously pale gold, uh, floral aromas of jasmine, honey, licorice, and vanilla bean. Uh, toffee up front, allspice, stewed fruit with a long uh, and lingering, long and lingering with spice, sweet fruit, and a uh, teasing hint of smoke. Is that by osmosis? Yeah. Or? I think I'm reading. Reading that's no, that that sounds. Now, was that the me. sweet water? Is no, it, it sounds like moth. You're reading sweet, sweet water there. Which one are you reading? Oh, fuck up. Have I got it? No, I thought I was sweet water. So we're drinking sweet, sweet water. water. Yeah. Which one? Oh, you can't see. Shit. <laughs> I haven't got my glasses. Yeah. I'll uh, get my. I'll get my. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> my glasses <laughs> that's a good thing. anyway it is good absolutely delicious mm. <laughs> very, very aromatic yeah and it's french oak so i mean this is quite a this is quite a um quite a different thing for us which is a um uh patty's being a winemaker um when we made this whiskey um we he was experimenting with french oak um, he's the sort of guy that goes to whiskey tastings and talks about bouquets and things. He's very, very wine orientated. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is a very delicate whiskey that's mm. been finished in, in French oak barrels, which is quite hard to do without getting it too tannic. You want to get those, um, you want to get those sweet, um, sweet notes out there, a little bit of black pepper finish, bit of spice without getting too dry. Um, and French oak's been quite tricky to gain that balance right for us. So um, we did a bit of our own STR, um, type, take the heads off, grind them down with a with a with, a, with an angle grinder, and then reach rechar, um, um, and a lot of experimentation around them to get up to get to something like this, which is um, uh, 
you know, a whiskey, um, which is our non-peat breakfast whiskey. Are you going to take that one too? I'm getting uh, some lovely tropical notes off of it as mm. well. It's, um, I'm going to read off the website because I can read that better yeah. in my dark man cave. So we got, oh, there we go. And I'm going to open up the other one just so that I can actually taste it again. I won't, I, I won't pour all of it, I promise. <laughs> so you've won a couple of awards. Yeah. Yeah, I was just writing a, um, well, very coincidentally, we've got some whiskey arriving in Australia. Well, I think I arrived today and it's being um, unloaded tomorrow. Um, and so I've been writing a little bit about that. And um, yeah, I was just that, kind of. That would have come by the slow boat to, New, to Australia too, wouldn't it? And la it was in last uh, yeah. yeah last year we won we picked up ten medals in the the two big competitions including um, best in class uh, which was pretty exciting um, so yeah mm. well done so what am I getting on the nose is that like almost like marzipan or yeah yeah definitely marzipan I mean it's got it's got a um, I mean typically. Me Typically, as from a every other whiskey that I've had where I've uh, noticed marzipan, I haven't liked it. But that one I polished off without even thinking about it. <laughs> Don't know. And then because it's just so good, I just thank you. Mm, no, that was a good start. That one. Yeah, that was a, a fantastic start. So, how old is that? That's five, five years, years old. So yeah, five so years using the New Zealand ale malt. Yeah, it's full format cask. Um, so that's matured in um, in full size. Um, so initially in two uh, hundreds and two twenty uh, bricks. So it's in. Uh, so they're reused wine casks, um, STI wines casks, um, and yeah, it's a. Um, it's it, for us. It's actually quite atypical for the whiskies that we make um in as much that the um uh it's a um it's quite a it's quite a light gentle and uh, non uh, very very non-peated i mean there's almost mm. nothing in there at all um and very much a breakfast whiskey uh 42 percent and we released this as the sister to the mosque which is the peated version really at the same time, just so that we weren't necessarily pigeonholed into just a peated distillery, even though we're about 80% peated. Um, so 42% non-chill filtered as well. So correct. That's, that's yeah. a bit of a nothing, Yeah, nothing's chill filtered. Uh, we don't, um, and, uh, and, you know, it says on the label, you know, it might go a bit cloudy um, if you add mm -hmm. water. Um, it hasn't so far. But. Hasn't been too bad. Yeah, we've used these special. Um, we've used these special um, room temperature filter pads. Um, there's quite a lot of research coming out of Scotland at the moment on non-chill filtering at room temperature, essentially uh, using different filter media. Um, and so, on this particular whiskey, we used a special filter pad. Um, came out of Scotland, um, and it did a great job. Um, you, typically, we just use a 100 um, micron filter, um, uh, but this helped get a little bit of the haze out. But it's unabashedly, unashamedly, you know, non-chill filtered and 
trying to keep as much of that flavor as we can. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, for me, that's a absolute winner. I would quite happily polish off a, a very large few glasses of that in a heartbeat. Um, it's definitely yeah, the one well, when people walk in here and they don't know what to buy. Um, yeah, you could put that in front years. of a whiskey novice and go, yeah, yeah it's good I reckon you'll enjoy that. Um, it's not going to blow their brains out with with alcohol. Um, it's not too far on the peppery side that I would normally expect from a French oak. Um, and the marzipan isn't too sickly sweet, so it's it's yeah, very well, but lovely balance. Mm, yeah, really, really nice. You you say you can serve it to a novice, you can serve it to a a seasoned whiskey drinker yeah, and, and uh, that'd be, well. That'd be well at home with it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I reckon in a blind tasting, that would mm. stand up on against Scotch whiskey quite well. And that's at $159 a bottle, New Zealand price point, which is Correct. what, Australian dollars, $130. 6, 6% off. Right. Price. So maybe, maybe 145 yeah. Ish. Pretty good price for a full bottle. 700 it? mils. Um, yeah, so. 700 mil. That's. Yeah. yeah. We, we, there was that, that's impressive in its own right. It was actually even a bit cheaper, but um, we, um, we've we had to kind of look reality in the face, which is with the, the stock that we've got now, um, we really don't want to run out. We've built this pretty substantial mm. visitor center and uh, restaurant um, tasting room. You know, it's set on five acres here, uh, which will give you on a little little tour, but you can also um, Google the Heki, which is the, I guess, the name of the, the property, um, which is just short for Waiheke. And yeah. um, you can kind of get a, get a look at what we've got here. And so we really didn't want to run out, um, mm. but we, we probably will anyway. So we just edge the price up a little bit, understanding that we'll, like for here, um, you know, we still get a lot of people saying that I could buy our XXX for that. Um, and we kind of have to just understand that we might sell a little bit less, but hopefully it lasts a little bit longer mm. until this new whiskey's of age. Plus we you've also got amazing packaging. Mm. So you've, you've brought the box out there. Yeah. I mean, the packaging alone looks pretty bloody high-end. This is um, all re recycled cardboard and screen print. So the idea is, is that it um, – and it and I still will see when we go and visit them a uh, geodesic. So um, very lightweight um, screen print cardboard box. And so we, for our first releases, we um, we wanted to, to obviously give people a little bit of um, – Something fun. So there's lots of Easter eggs in here. The geodesic punt on the bottom of the mm. bottle, so the boat bottle, um, screw cap, recycled PTFE. We went screw cap, not cork. Um, recycled um, label. It's also light. Uh, it's it's also one of the lightest bottles that you'll find on the market. Um, so mm. we went for as lightweight again, just just for shipping and. Um, yep. It's about. 401 grams so um empty so it, yeah if we're shipping it around the world we want to try and keep the footprint down as much as we can so yeah, right. um so and, and a little bit of recycled glass 
um, in there as well. So the bottle was, and these things, when you when you not because we, we were going for a long time not selling whiskey, so I had a lot of time to think about it. So there's been quite a few iterations <laughs> of, of this guy, but um, yeah, there she is, Sweetwater. So that was release number two. Um, mm. and you've got Sweetwater Batch Two. So we sold out of all the batch one. So this is Sweetwater Batch Two. You've got in your in your mm. tasting pack. Um, and we've got we do have some um, non-peat whiskies, um, but that's one of them. Um, our Dyad Chardonnay finish, seven-year-old um, mud brick Dyad Chardonnay finish is another, which we could talk about later. And our Cantankerous that won Best World Whiskey this year, which is um, eight years old last mm. year, sorry, 2000. So that's a Muscat, Australian Muscat. We try to use as many Australian fortified wine barrels as we could to try and keep the air miles down as well, rather than shipping. Yeah. It's very hard for us to get quality casks over here Fortified. Right. Fortified wine. Yeah, cast. So tricky. But uh, yeah, we, right. we use Jack Daniels uh, for our bourbon, even though it's not bourbon, mm -hmm. bourbon casks. Mm. Um, so, so this started off life in Jack and then went into yep. the STR French Oak. Yeah, right. So when you, going back to when you when you started, you're, you're, you're playing around, you're, you're getting obsessive about it and wanting yeah, to yeah. experiment and learn everything and try everything how did you how did the decision come to go to scale from just pottering around in your shed and doing it yourself to then deciding right fuck it we're gonna we're gonna make it a business what what tipped you over the edge into madness well, I mean, that decision, yeah, even then it was probably a stepwise. Like, that decision didn't really happen until probably four years ago. So um, we still didn't have, like, I think we still didn't see the whole world and our whiskey competing, you know, and standing up against whiskies around the world. And we're both perfectionists, I would say. So we didn't want to do something that wasn't amazing. Um so the still that we made ourselves, I think we still thought that we would sell it locally. And, you know, it's, it's, it's as you know, it's quite a ballsy thing to do. Like you put the yeah. stuff in, you know, you put the stuff in a barrel. And, you know, sometimes some nights I'd wake up and go, you know, all our money's going into this, like, you know, <laughs> outside of the kids' school fees and all of that stuff, the dog food. You know, what if it's, what if it's rubbish? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that's it yeah, you've got to so really back yourself to to think yeah we're good enough to, get, so we to were doing go the next step yeah and we had faith in patrick like patrick is not just a winemaker you know he's one new zealand winemaker but he's he's an incredibly talented guy um and we had a lot of faith in him i think and um and then i guess yeah i guess we just started backing ourselves like this started tasting really good People that, you know, we weren't paying to tell us it tasted good would say, you know, yeah. like we'd get some guys, you know, some guy would come in from Scotland and we'd go, oh, you know, would sheepishly go, oh, we're making this. And he'd go, you know, fuck, that's good. You know, that kind of reaction. Um, yeah. And then we thought, okay, well, we love this island and we were still kind of working in Auckland and we thought, well, if we can make something work here that we can bring 
our life and our livelihoods over here, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then we entered San Francisco 2018 with one of our five-year-olds in the open category um, yeah. and just didn't even have a label or a name. We didn't have a bottle. We didn't have it. it we called cool. it Izzard because that's our last name. And we, we had no brand. Like, we just put it in, like, a little old medicine bottle and shipped it off. Yeah, we got it. And we got, <laughs> we got a, silver, one, a silver for it. So we were like, okay. Oh, wow. Here we go. So, yeah, so that's kind of um, where we where we sort of – where that was really the turning point for us, I think. And then we thought, let's, let's really go for it, which was then obviously planning – you know, well, how big is our production going to be? What size stills mm. do we need? What sort of facility do we need? And on the island, you know, we've got to have to have a bore for water. Everything's brought onto the island. We're like Isla. So every barrel, every piece of grain, everything that come we need needs to come to the island. So then it was a... There's no septics here. There's no, sorry, there's no sewage system here. There's no water system here on the island. So you have to be self-sufficient mm. in all of yeah, that. Yeah, wow. Adds another layer. So then it was planning. So okay, we'll continue making whiskey in our current setup as much as we can, um, and then plan for this new distillery, which we commissioned in um, November last year. So that's so that's when we've really turned the taps on, and now we're producing um, any we're up to three barrels a day. But at the moment we're on one yeah. and a half. We're running at half speed um, uh, casks a day. Um, so around about 200, um, just a little bit over 200 Ola a day, um, uh, out of here at the moment, um, which we can get up to without running 24 hours, we can get up to about 400 Ola a day, uh, wow. which is quite a lot of whiskey, but then of course we've got to sell it. So, you know, and every dollar you put in here, we've, so, so yeah, and right. You've got to back yourselves. We've got to store it. We've got to, you know, so there's a lot of logistics. And so we've just been working through all of that over the last four years and then built this thing, uh, which we'll give you a little tour on after we've had another whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've poured out and it's just been sitting there for a little bit, the moss. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned that the moss is so you the... You have been sitting on it. It's, you've so this is yours. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, so moss I've, is... This is our first release and... This is the story. The story is New Zealand Pete. I mean, that's what we're about. So let's have a little smell and a taste and we can talk about it. Mm. So you said this was your first release. Am I right? Yeah, it's zero one on the box. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's well balanced. Yeah, that's got some nice spices in there. <laughs> is it alpha? It's definitely my favorite. Is it your favorite? Uh, well, nearly my favorite. Um, Good. But, um, it's uh it's um i keep trying to change favorites but it's like when you go to the you know your favorite takeaway and you're like too scared to swap you just have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've said it other distillers it's, it's a big thing to to assume that your first release is going to be your best release but this is this is, mm. this is an outstanding first release isn't it yeah. uh thank you um it, it was new zealand pete um, I think you've got, have you got an adventures tasting pack there? Another different type of tasting pack there? Um, no, I think we've got, we've got two golden oldies, I think. Two golden oldies, okay. Cool. Yeah, which was good um, because um, I needed extra of the uh, of the sweet water. <laughs> I'm going to probably the, need extra um, of this too. Um, so, the, so the moss is um, our first foray into New Zealand peat to release the market. It's 
lightly peated, so we're around yeah. about 20. Is that sourced from the South Island or? It's, yeah, it's from, it's from Invercargill. Um, so there's only one independent maltster in New Zealand producing proper wet malted peat the traditional way. Um, so instead of like, you know, taking malting barley, then wetting it, trying to smoke it, uh, malt goes in the green malt stage, the peat, peat sorry, goes in the green malt stage, gets properly killed. Um, and, and that's Gladfields. Uh, and they make a fantastic, um, they make a fantastic, um, the, all their malts just brilliant. I mean, everything they make, the distiller's malt that we made the sweet water out of. Um, and so everything is, they make is, is good. Their yields are high. You know, we're getting around about four, 420 over a ton, uh, which is really, really good. Um, and then this, and this peat is, um, this peat is, um, yeah completely different i guess than what you'd be used to mm. you no, are that's... correct the fi fastest indian is from invercargill right there you go that's you correct <laughs> we're not in invercargill but that's where the peat is yeah yeah and uh mick sheard says that uh, his first release was crap i'm sure they're getting better since then well you You'd hope so. He's, he's proud to say that. <laughs> it's a badge of honour. Yeah. When your first one's crap, there's only yeah. one way to go. That's, isn't that's it. it. Can only get more crap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what he what he forgot to mention though is the name of his whiskey was crap. Right. That was right. the brand. Yeah, yeah. That was okay. There we <laughs> that's, go. that's the sort of thing. Mick, that's the sort of thing Mick would do. Yeah. <laughs> How many? You, you mentioned PPM. How many uh, PPM on this? Did you say, Mark? Uh, it's uh, well. It's measured. I mean, it, it's measured at uh, twenty-five ppm. Um, yeah. But we, um, in this particular release, uh, we're probably more like at about twenty. Um, so it's it's, it's still sorry. It's Moss Two. Oh, we've got Moss Two. Sorry, we're back up. But yeah, we're twenty-five ppm. Our very first release, Moss One, batch one was about twenty, and this is right. twenty-five. A little bit peatier, yeah. And we're up at forty-four percent alcohol. Lovely and oily. I don't know whether that's translating to the camera there. Probably not, but yeah, lovely and oily. Very yeah, smooth. Just slips down very, very easily. So you get yourself in trouble with this one. The peat really yes. adds um, structure mm. uh, to the whiskey, doesn't it? Mm. It's not like it's not just bomb his peat. It, it's it's there as holding it holding other elements together. Mm. The sweetness, the the floral sweet peat. Um, the floral jasmine is interesting. Yeah, yeah. The and jasmine, the, the jasmine, the jasmine's really a dominant note uh, initially, yeah. and then you end up with a spicy almost salty the peat the peat will see i mean the peat's completely different than than isla peat um if you want to talk about it for a couple of minutes it's like peat without the band-aids as i say yeah i mean well it's well i mean when you look at the you know the british deciduous forests and stuff that went into making their peat the flora and fauna um this is completely different most of our trees are podocarps like yours are eucalypts um manuka and rush sedges very oily resinous plants that don't necessarily rot so well they're very low in lignin they're very lignin poor so you're not getting that massive smoke hit 
mm. that you're you're kind of used to you're getting that oily resinous herbaceous almost mushroomy kind of foresty floor flavors and mm. and we'll and, and we'll see that in peat and port a bit later which is upping the ppm um and the peat comes on at the back end it doesn't hit you at the front face you kind of get the no. peat finish and and all of this stuff i mean no one had ever really made music and peter whiskey before no one had ever put them in different barrels and sussed out what they do and so you know a lot of those early days with this this is our second release of this um was was really experimentation around you know, what are our cuts going to be um you know how far can we push the tails out we ended up pushing out the tails further and further and further to try and get more and more peat until we got into you know rubber bands and, and burnt car tires and stuff and then pull it back a bit. Um, so, um, and then of course, what does it do in the different casks? How does it work in bourbon? How does it work in sherry? How does it work in French oak? And so we sussed out, it works pretty well in bourbon. So this is a hundred percent bourbon uh, maturation, five years old. Um, and uh, yeah, but pretty, I mean, when we talk about aging, it's also very high temperature. We can talk about that later. High temperature and high humidity. Yeah, right. So, what's the what's the average temperature uh, that you're getting on the island? I mean, the in the barrel in the barrel room, it averages around about twenty. Won't drop below ten um, mm. degrees centigrade. Um, up to thirty-five at the top of the barrel stack. Yeah. Um, so um, it's. Uh, there's a lot of angel share and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of rapid maturation stuff takes on color very fast. So, I mean, our stuff that's in these new bourbon casks now, the first fills, but I mean, three month old, it's got, it's got color. It's quite crazy yeah. how fast it, these are full format barrels, not, not little ones. Mm -hmm. So, it and does, how close, how close to, so you're on the island, how close to, I, I haven't brought up a map yet to see exactly where you are. We're about um, 100. 100 150 meters from the sea no, yep. yeah we are we're, what are we talking about <laughs> yeah so the the, the inlet the mangrove the tide yeah yeah true um so we're about, gonna, i'll pull up a map so on, if you pull up a map um of where we are um you'll see a very large um tidal inlet that comes right in so if you find the waiheke golf course That's right. Talk amongst yourselves while I find that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks very like Sydney. Airport. It does that one. <laughs> they're not. They're a little bit further away than that. <laughs> uh, here we go. Wahiki Islands. There it is. Go. Yeah. All right. Let me let me zoom and then I'll take a screenshot and I'll put that up for everyone to uh, play along at home. So uh, our um. So our um our our particular um, area where the two barrel stores and where this was stored is literally over the road. There's um, tidal mangroves on the other side of the road. Right. Um, so, and this was, this particular whiskey was stored in the vineyard in, 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 in Mudbrick vineyard in a winemaking facility. Um, and so um, I don't know how much influence that actually has on the, on the barrels or the casks really. Um, it doesn't taste that different to the stuff that we've stored um, in the other barrel house that's a little bit further away from the sea. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much re in reality that affects this whiskey. It's only been in the barrel five years. 
it's much more influenced, I think, by the fact that this is a, is a saltwater bog peat. Um, yeah. So, there we go. Um, so yeah. smack in the middle there is... Yeah, uh, and you can see that inlet with the mangroves. That's where we are, right there. Right. Yep. Okay. And then and, we've got uh, Tangy Beach, which is about 500 meters to a, a, a cave as a crow flies on the other side of us there. Mm. So, so there's, uh, there's not a lot going on on the island there. Yeah. So, so it's, in uh, context, it's fairly small. Yeah, so in context, for those that don't know, down the bottom of the page, that's that's mainland New Zealand, and yep. Auckland. Auckland would be to the left of the screen. Yeah, and it's say what forty minute ferry Correct. ride across. Minutes on the ferry. That's right to to um to the island. Yeah, commuter. The commuter ferries go in the morning, sort of half hourly to hourly, and then um... right. So yeah, actually looking at that. So then you've got there is another island over further over there as well. There's a bunch of islands in the Gulf. Yeah, that's Coromandel Peninsula. Right. It's to the right. Yeah. To the right. Yeah. I was going to try and bring up another uh, bigger map just so just to put it in context for everyone. Um, we did have a comment just come in as well. Uh, whiskey and golf. What more could you ask for? Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't know. I'm going to do some research because I think we might be the closest. I mean, you could you could drive a ball from here to the. It's just literally across the road. Yeah, right. <laughs> My dad would love it. There we go. So there's a. Uh, uh, a zoomed out view um, where we can see yeah the just the edge of the peninsula on the right, uh, Auckland to the left, and yeah, you're smack in the middle there. Yeah, absolutely. And that little inlet that's sort of at sort of I don't know seven o'clock um, as we're looking at it, um, or maybe eight o'clock. That comes right up in that's tidal, full of mangroves, and the sea comes right up there, and it blows westerly so that. That, that blows the salty air straight in the guts. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much influence that had on a barrel. Um, well, it definitely has influence on the rainwater. Definitely has influence on the rainwater, which this is all made out of. This is made of rainwater. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, John, I'd ask how the fishing is, but you guys can't agree where the sea is. It's the blue bit. <laughs> My wife. Well, there's, yeah. two, there's two. You saw the map. <laughs> she was thinking, I think, of Onatangi Beach, which is about a kilometre away. But uh, I was thinking of the uh, of the of the sea that comes. Fishing up is great, by the way. Yeah, excellent. I mean, that's that's golf is is all about drinking either before and or after, and with your little hip flask during as well. And I guess that's what fishing is too, isn't it? Pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's um change the subject a bit talk about the tourism side of it so you've uh you've invested quite heavily with the bar and the and the restaurant and everything adjunct to the distillery so tourism yep. what, what is tourism like on Waiheke Island nowadays it's great yeah, yeah it's fantastic I mean lots of lots of Australian tourists thank you for coming over um lots of American tourists I think yeah they were the restaurant was full of Australians today. They were like, and we're having a lot of Australian visitors, which is fantastic. Um, and then Americans are picking up. But like until July last year, there were no tourists really. So mm. we don't 
they have anything to kind of look back on and compare year on year. So we're learning as we go. And yeah, again, yeah, we just we just thought we'd have a go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, the, the tourists are. We haven't really launched tours at the distillery yet. Um, there, we do do tastings and impromptu tours when people want to come and look around. But we're about to launch this winter, um, you know, formal tours of the distillery with uh, you know tastings and masterclasses. And we've just released our first 20 private casks. We've never sold casks before. So these things for us are all relatively new. Um, and, uh, you know, we, you know, we're sort of like finding our way as to what's the right thing to do. But the interest is huge, which is great. Mm. Um, and that offsets the, the added cost of bringing, you know, it's 50 bucks to bring a bourbon barrel from, uh, well, bring a, a a Tennessee whiskey barrel, I should say, before people pick me up on that, from Tennessee and Lynchburg to Auckland, and about another 50 bucks to get it from Auckland to Waikiki, which is only about <laughs> So that's the sort of bullshit we have to put up with. It's about three, we pay about three grand a ton for peated barley, and then about another 400 bucks to get that ton here. Mm. So, so our overheads are very high, but then we kind of try and balance that out with you know the sales from people visiting the distillery and buying from from the shop and so that's the idea around it is to create something that people can come to as well as a full proper operational distillery mm. now we always have the conversation here and it's, a, it's it's obviously a big uh big hot button topic for australian distillers the the excise so where over a hundred dollars well over a hundred dollars a liter now hundred and one dollars a liter Thanks uh australian government yes thank you ato yeah um now looking at the uh the customs gov.nz per liter of alcohol from first july 2023 is 35 dollars is that no. right no, no, no. no. I'm looking at the yeah. wrong fucking thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, we're about uh, 63.5, I think. I can't remember. It may have just gone up uh, bucks per litre of alcohol. Okay, there we go. Here, this one. Uh, yeah, so the new 64.57. There you go. It's gone up a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, but yeah, so that's where we are. We've got no tax relief though, so there's none of the 350k's worth of tax relief yeah. or anything at all. Um, so it's just straight up. Doesn't matter whether you make one liter or 10,000 liters a day. It's um, it's just straight excise. Um, so definitely less than you guys. I mean, it's probably going to go up again. The signalling from the government is going to go up again. There's very there's no support or help from. Um, sorry, someone's saying something on the screen. NZ third highest, highest, highest after Ireland. There you go. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, it's tricky. You know, it's 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 uh, obviously not as hard as you guys, but um, that's pretty punishing. But um, mm. yeah. So between the between the high excise and then for yourselves specifically, the transport costs of getting the ingredients and the barrels. Um, that it all that combined surprises me that you're at such an uh 
at such a price point um, that feels low for the size of the product, the quality of the product, and the quality of the packaging. Um, Probably yeah, comes down to how the fuck uh, yeah, are you well, doing yeah, that? I mean, so Will um, uh, Pitchforth, are, um, you know, he's been uh, really uh, fantastic at helping us with our releases and stuff. I mean, he says the same thing. I think that the problem is, is that New Zealand whiskey, um, and we've got a little bit of a job to do with New Zealand whiskey, um, that Australian whiskey has moved on and moved past that. Um, so, um, and uh, the, so I'm putting my glasses on to read what's on the screen because I can't really see what it is. Um, uh, and, you know, our job is to try and get New Zealand whiskey in the hands of people and, and turn it into a thing. Australian whiskey is already a thing. Tasmanian whiskey is a thing. New Zealand whiskey is, you know, we're one of the oldest established distilleries in the country and no one's ever heard of it. So, I mean, we've got quite a job to do. And I think I think one of the problems is putting overpriced juice. You know, uh, it's not going to appeal to people at that sort of price point. People might try it and hopefully might buy another bottle of it. Um, and so we were quite conscious of that when we released our first few releases, um, that we were going to try and get as much whiskey of our whiskey into people's hands as possible. And we told them that, and we said, look, you know, this is we're kind of giving it away really, but we want you to drink it. And it's not going to be at this price forever, but we really want you to drink it. We want to let us know what you think of it. And, um, and it was more important for us that people would buy it and drink it and like it um, than it was for us at that stage to be looking at our cogs. It's still, we're still doing okay, um, even at that price point. Um, a lot of the time because of um, we've got very, very efficient production sustainability and stuff like that which we can talk about but yeah. with the increased price in wood with the increased price in grain with the increased price in power you know there's only one way that our prices can go and that's north unfortunately. Yeah. yeah it's it is a constant balance isn't it correct yeah. yeah yeah but um i mean there's no point pricing yourself at the market especially yeah. when people have got well established things they like like rose analogy of going to the takeaway you know, if we're going to try and tempt you into a number 47, you know, the duck chow mein or whatever, instead of your chicken, then, you know, we've got to, there's no point making it a hundred bucks more than the, what you're used to. Otherwise you're just not going to go there. So yeah, that yeah. was a real conscious decision for us. Mm, mm. So I've, um, I've poured out uh, the um, three, which is the Ceres series. Ceres one. Series, Ceres. <laughs> Yeah, Ceres one. Ceres one. Ceres one. Yep. Yeah. So I pulled that one out. Yeah. So Ceres uh, has got a great story behind it. So we can talk about that. This is this is for you guys. This one. This is an Australian theme. Mm. You've got on the apparel. Yeah. Oh, that's rich. Very. That for a while. Yeah, that I that this nosing it is lovely. I reckon leaving just a drop, just a dribble in the bottom of the glass and coming back to it tomorrow, <laughs> the glass will smell absolutely divine. 
one fruity glass. Mm. I, I I just enjoy doing that because it gives you something to wake up to. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> just but, with your licking your, ta- your tongue down the bottom of the glen can. By the side yeah. of the bed. Leave it just sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got another lightly peated. Yeah. In uh, American oak that have been yeah. shaved, toasted, and recharred, uh, finished in uh, Pedro Jimenez Apera. Yeah, yeah. From uh, the uh, glazed orange peel, citrus, spiced apple, and sandalwood notes. Mm. So that means you've uh, recast out of Apera into the PX? Otherwise, no, no. It's Other a way PX. around? It's a PX Apera. It's a, it's a AP John um, cask. Right. So um, and um, so, I, I, the ba- we put it in bourbon to start off with. So basically, this is the moss that's then spent an extra year in the apera cask. Right. So it's finished in that apera cask. So the ca- barrel sequence is um, is the um, American oak STR followed by the apera. Um, yeah. So basically, a similar similar base um, spirit as the moss, uh, just slightly different barrel sequence, um, yeah, right. and, uh, and, a, and a year longer. Um, but it is um, oily and fruitcake and on our whiskey. But every single whiskey has the distilled date and the bottle date on that. So if you're if you can kind of do single digit math, you should be. Mm able to work out the age of all of our <laughs> the um too, too late for math the so uh, distilled 2016 yeah what i can yeah. see on the website bottled 2022 non-filtered and that's almost like a christmas cake yeah rich fruity orangey citrus. Um, oh, got raisins, fruitcake. Yeah. Oily, but very, very, very smooth. A slight, uh, it is, yeah, light, lightly peaten, slightly briny, slightly salty. Mm. Yeah, the same oh. DNA as the moss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just a, got a bit yeah. A different expression of it. Slight uptick on it, though. Mm. Well, it it is a slightly higher ABV, isn't it? So. No, 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 no. I think it's down, actually. I think. Uh, think, Sorry, yeah, no, sorry, down, yes. So the sweet water was 41. Sweetwater 41. I think the Ceres one's 42 from memory. Yeah, and the moss is 44. Yeah. And, you know, and the reason for that, and a lot of people ask why that is, and mm. the peat is so hard to tease out. And the diff- when we do our, when we do our bottling sequence, I mean, some of us like, you know, Cantankerous is at 48. And, you know, we, when we, when we, when we look at, we basically line them all up at, at um, you know, half percentage point differences and do double blinds. There'll be four of us go through, do a tasting panel, taste them at different strengths. And, you know, we just literally bottle them at what we think drinks best. Um, we know geeks like the 46 and 
you know, Peter Port's recent 46 and, and Diane Chardonnay's recent 46. And so the Diane's are, are up there. But again, that speaking to that New Zealand whiskey story is, is that we've got to release whiskies at the market, which are approachable. Um, mm. Cadrona, which make fantastic whiskey down in the South Island, you know, um, one of their criticisms, I guess, was, um, and their whiskey is brilliant, is that they release it at high ABV, and a lot of people just pour it and drink it, not understanding, you know, that it was at high ABV. And and so, for us, because we got people coming on site, drinking, tasting, um, in the restaurant and the bar, and stuff, we decided consciously to release our first releases at relatively low ABV. Um, knowing that the geeks had something to fall back on um, later on. Um, mm. And when we, we actually released our tasting pack first, Avengers of New Zealand Pete, which had the new make, the Moss, the Series 1, and the Bog Monster, which is up at 46%. Um, so people can see that we, we can release a range of different stuff. But we were, we were quite conscious of that. Eh? Ravina also stems a bit, again, from Patrick, who, you know, he wants to present something that you know, how he wants you to drink it. And I think yeah. that probably comes from his winemaking background. And you can see some of the stuff that comes through when he wants he wants everything to sell out as well, like vintage. He just wants it all gone before, yeah, yeah. before he releases yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he just he has an approach to things. So I think that it was very important to him that he presented the whiskey how he felt it, it drinks best. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I. I generally don't add water. I don't add. I don't use ice. I go neat. I figure the way that it's been bottled is how it was intended to be consumed and drunk. So, yeah. I, uh, his the point that he's bottle that you're bottling it at, and the point that he's uh, he's said, all right, that's where it is, and that's where it has to be uh spot on absolutely very Love, very very lovely very very approachable and also just great depth of flavor mm. so thank what's, you thank you yeah. what's your so you've only been at it really as um uh as a as a full business for a handful of years what have, what's been your biggest learning or biggest takeaway in that time um, where we wish we, we made more whiskey early on uh, yeah really? okay having only about 100 casks you know from the previous um, you know 10 years um, for us was um, you know with all this experimentation and messing around um, we um yeah backing yourself would have been but you just don't know you could i guess with height there's no point looking back like that because there's nothing you can do about it you can learn from it which is now yeah. we've turned on our new machine it's like make as much whiskey as we can afford to right now because we know in we're going to be having the same conversation in another five ten years time wish we'd made more you know when we yeah. could um so i think for me that's the biggest learning um, from it all, um, and and we're just lucky that we're lucky that the the quality of the grain from Gladfields, the and and we've had Pat, who's a fantastic craftsman. So 
we started making, I haven't made whiskey for, for a number of years now. I mean, I, I tool around and get in there and get in the way. Uh, but, you know, um, really when we transitioned to having someone that really knew what they were doing, that was the thing that really, that we really, really turned the corner. 2014 is when we, when that really started. Um, so, um, I think you're being, he's underplaying himself a little bit there because he's been, you've been, we've worked with Pat very closely and Mark's pretty much single-handedly built this distillery, um, including designing the wireframes that run the whole operating system and... Should we go and have a tour? Do you want to go and have a look? Yeah, yeah, sure. I was about to say, absolutely. It's probably the perfect lead-in for a tour to show us your handiwork. While we're drinking. While we're drinking, oh. and we'll take... While, while we're drinking, yeah. So, so I've um, I poured out the uh, the Pete and Port. Poured out the Pete and Port. Fantastic. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my glasses on. So we're um, so when you get chance to come and visit us um, here in the um, so what I might see do see if I can switch my I wonder if I can switch my camera around can I do that probably not I think it's uh, I don't know if I can um, you got an iPad I yeah I'll take not. the talk. so um, this is exit through the gift shop so when you come um, nice. you know merch all the whiskey lined up. Um, and then this is our tasting bar. This is the boiler maker, so um, uh, designed um, for uh, for tasting. There's the dog um, crash out. <laughs> <laughs> Won't trip over. How many it. people? How many people can you hold in there? So in here, we can roughly about twenty five at a time, comfortably in yep. in, in the in the wee bar, um, yep. and. Uh, and then, and then this is the this is the the barrel room, uh, private cask room, tasting mm. space. So we can get about a hundred standing and around about sixty seated in here. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, help uh, private casks um, in here. Um, so our, our we've our, our storage is off site, um, but um, the uh, and then there's a little private area upstairs as well. Um, mm through into so um when we were designing this uh distillery the um uh, for us on the island it's very expensive to build so space was a bit of a premium um so we've made a relatively compact space coming up the gantry and uh so see if i can get that a bit, a bit better view very yeah. shiny and nice and clean. <laughs> there. So um, we've got two. Um, we've got our. Do you want to come up, Rosie? Um, we've got our. Um, no, it's all good. Uh, Three thousand liter wash still, um, which is on the right, which is a um, again designed for maximum heat. So very little reflux going on there. Um, yep. And uh, down sloping line arm. Spirit safe there. Um, he wants you to stand here. I'm uh, not quite sure. Um, well, I think that's an idea of what, how they are. So, um, spirit uh, safe. Um, and then the condensers are outside. So they, they go outside the building. Um, okay. Sure. okay. Um, and that's for passive cooling. Um, right. And then. 
and then our spirit store, um, which is our third iteration of our geodesic um, shape still. Um, so that is uh, 2,800 liters. Um, so we can do a one-to-one -one or, a, or a two to one. Um, and again, um, quite a high neck down sloping line arm. Um, but running on, um, on, on steam, and so we might be able to get a little peep inside at the, uh, the coils in that bad boy. I don't know if we can see in here. Let's have a look. Can you see that? No? Maybe yes. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so this thing um, runs on electric fired steam, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, it's a shame you can't smell it. it smells so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, it's it's fully automated, so it runs on a oh, wow. uh, homemade uh, PLC system, um, mm. which um, essentially we we make the wash um, semi-automated. Um, so we can get a very, very consistent wash. Um, it's a half ton mesh um, and 72 hour ferment. Um, and we have both a mash ton and a louter ton. Um, and then we auto charge the stills um, and yeah. the computer also controls the um, fermentation tank. So um, we have the sellers fully controlled six washbacks, 3000 liters each. Um, so we can do 6,000 liters a day. Um, so there's the, uh, oh. there's the cellar, uh, with the washbacks. Um, so they're again, all, um, piped into, um, into the electronic system. And that basically controls temperature, stops them, um, fermenting over fermenting. This is a very homemade, um, uh, electronic control system. So we built all this ourselves. So this is a uh, fully digital uh, control system that runs um, runs the whole the whole system itself. This is for anyone who's from Melbourne. This is the old um, this is the old uh, colonial brew house mash tun, four thousand yeah. liter mash tun. Um, we bought over from Melbourne and a louter tun. So we have a semi louter, um, two separate. So we can do a second mash. And be loutering and do two mashes in a day very efficiently. Um, That's you've managed to cram an awful lot into a small space there. <laughs> Is that sort of gantry system that that I, I don't think I've seen that sort of a system anywhere. I don't know if anybody who's watching has seen that before, but I, I certainly haven't seen it. Yeah, in Australia, in Australia, yeah. I think um, Callington Mill. Callington. Callington, yeah, they, right. They, I think they've got something along those lines. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, fantastic utilisation of space. Yeah. Wow. Just, and you put all that together yourself. Yeah. We've, yeah. Um, this is, these are, this is, this is the most interesting part, maybe, is the electric fired um, steam boilers. So, mm -hmm. um, so these are, these are our three boilers, um, and uh, where's the, the? So you can see how tiny they are. So they they're generating um, three quarters of a ton of steam. Um, so um, they're three hundred and sixty kilowatts um, of power, um, and they all have their own individual PLC. So they all monitor themselves and switch on and off 
um, wow. very, very efficient um, way of, of running, uh, generating steam. Um, mm. Comes through um, common um, header manifold um, mm -hmm. system here, um, and then um, off to the consumers. Um, we've got um, three spirit recovery tanks. Um, we've got that's our low wines tank, which is a 1200 liters uh, heads and tails tank. Um, and then final spirit tank here with, um, uh, and then we go into IBCs, uh, yep. initially, um, and out onto the wet deck outside. So what you can't see outside is all as our barreling and filling stations outside and grain mill. Um, it's actually bigger out there than it is in here and it's all undercover, but it's done. All right. Wow. Um, and then hot, and then the, um, and then we're using, um, hot water, heat recovery from the still so all the all the spent um pot ale and stuff gets recovered put through this heat exchanger to preheat the next run so yeah. pretty yeah. Efficient, efficient use of um of energy yeah, yeah wow so how do you being on the island how do you power all of this this is so we've got our own dedicated transformer um and uh that um and so that's a 5K, 52 kVA transform, I think, and, and powers everything we need. Yeah, um, wow. So we did a, a little deal with Vector, but the electricity bill is a bit frightening. Yeah. <laughs> I just got month. my home bill, and that was terrifying. But <laughs> <laughs> So it uses around wow. about $500 of um, electricity per, uh, per um, single mash ferment. Mm. wash and and spirit run so wow. um so for 500 500 for 200 ola of um alcohol mm. we're coming back yeah wow that's a amazing space you've you've obviously put a lot of thought time and effort into designing and building it's uh, a work of art beautiful and your you. you, you, you're still your geodesic still there with the that that's a, like i said that's kind of a whole another episode but briefly um when we we wanted to make our the second still the still before this the one that made all this whiskey that you're drinking right now um we um there's no copper works in new zealand so um and we weren't quite ready to um have those those stills were made uh by the space side copper works in elgin um and they stand about eight meters tall so uh it was quite a lot of logistics to a get them made to our exact specifications um and and b to get them shipped from scotland to waiheke island um oh. But the, the, in the first we had to work out how to make um, a still shape um, out of sheet copper. So um, a friend of ours who's also involved in the business um, and, in fact, did all the programming that sits behind the screens that Mark just showed you is an absolute genius, mad ex-NASA scientist. He lives in, this, in San Francisco. And, um, and he came up with this... Um, very old, what year, 1600s design, 
of this geodesic shape and the more we looked into it we thought he was mad but um the more we looked into it we actually discovered that that the increase in copper contact that you get from the multiple um mm. flat panels is actually far greater than you get from a curve so yeah. um so so and we worked out that we could cut this sheet into circles um and then score the circles into a triangle fold those and then join them together like some mad christmas decoration um, <laughs> the, um then we could kind of get a ball so um so that well we got two halves of a ball that's all on our website actually on the blogs but um so we got two halves of a ball um but then we had to get them welded which copper welding is another whole thing um to try and mm. find um but we found that so these guys cut 126 circles, scored them and bent them and numbered all the, no, they didn't bend them. They just numbered them. We had to bend them. Um, and they numbered each each one. But they they got the numbering wrong. So we. <laughs> this is the water. They cut, they cut, they, they cut them at the water jet place for us and they numbered, the, got the numbering system wrong. So when we got it back and put them all together, they're all we out had to lay out 120 <laughs> circles on the floor and then work out how, how the hell they went together. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was the first deal we built, Vitriol anyway, 1. So that was that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But all the whiskey you're tasting is, is made in those geodesic stills and you get almost double the, double the surface area from those panels than you would do for the same curve. So... Um, than you would do from an ablate sphere. So then we just got superstitious, a um, little bit like my takeaway analogy. <laughs> we thought, well, that made really good whiskey. So we had to talk to Gaddy in Scotland who thought it, we were crazy and we, we described what we wanted, but they came to the party. They were amazing. Yeah. And then, in fact, we're making stuff for all the cool dudes now. Space you side. obviously uh, led the charge there. Uh, so we've got Lee White, who's actually coming to see you in about four weeks' time. Hooray! Come and see us, Lee. Uh, coming, going all the way from Tassie over to see you. Uh, a few other comments come in. We've got uh, Faye's lovely stills. Your sp uh, spirit still reminds me of Bunner Hubbins. Mm. That's a good compliment. Uh, mm, yeah. So then we've got, um, oh, hold on. That's with the gantry. Uh, Callington. Archie Rose, of course. And Archie yeah. Rose. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, also can confirm that it gets very hot upstairs. <laughs> it gets really hot upstairs. <laughs> is that Mark T? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. yeah. How do you go on the Pete and Port? Have you tasted it yet? Oh, yes, absolutely. Lovely. Um, um, it's very rich. Very rich for... So typically my taste is at the, the unpeated or the lightly peated end and generally for me a port uh is is a bit too rich for my palate uh, but you've got me again in that it's the peat it's the peat it's mm. balanced out the port it's balanced out the the uh the port enough that it's now very approachable for me and yeah. very light and very very easy to drink 
your, your whiskeys have got a meatiness about them. The, does anyone describe it that way? No, not till right now. No, I don't. <laughs> is it meaty as in chewy or meaty as in meaty? Umami? No, it's um, yeah, there's dense. It's kind of got a, it's got an oiliness or a thickness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's a viscosity to, to it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it comes, it comes back to what I said about the peat is just giving it structure. Mm. It, it's yeah, it's, it's not just peat for the sake of peat. In yeah. this case, forty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, um it's so light and approachable that even at forty-six, it just it doesn't feel like. Every one of them is so approachable, so very, easy. That's right. They're different. Very They're not watery. They're no. All, they've all got their own great taste. There's structure and oomph to them without being a kick in the teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you very set the nice. bar really high with your early releases. Mm, mm. Now what happens? Yeah, where do you go from here? <laughs> How do you back that up? Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, we released a couple of um, single casks, uh, Bog Monster and um cantankerous um which are our special circumstances are black labels um and uh we um picked up the the two trophies the last two years for those and i think we have settled on i mean ro and i'll argue about this till the cows come home but i mean i think that the peat is is so integral to our story um it's now the now the thing is to try and make a whiskey that we can get at a good price point where we can get this story out to the world that's the, mm. that's the plan so the plan is to to create the, the thing is we've got so many i mean we haven't even tried the dyad chardonnay because we were messing around with so many different varieties of whiskey to see what they were going to do and then release them to people get the feedback from them but i think the direction is definitely pete um it's not in your face, Pete, but it's New Zealand Pete provides that that structure. Um, it's bourbon cask uh, to start off with, which is so reliable, um, yeah. and it's really just increasing the volume, which is what we've done with this new distillery. So it's running. We run four days a week at the moment, and um, we're just trying to fill as many casks as we can, so we can come around to that five-year point when we can start um, putting it in bottle and getting it out there. Um, so really, that's what's next for us. We do have a lot of really exciting stuff that we've made that we will be releasing over the next um, next few years onto the Australian market and New Zealand market. That um, that we've got a triple distilled. Um, we have a blend, dun, 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 um, which is uh, really exciting. Um, we've made a bourbon, um, which we can't call bourbon. We've made an American style whiskey, fifty one percent. 28% rye, so a high rye, um, rye, high rye okay. whiskey. Which presents its own challenges, doesn't it, working with rye? Yeah, and trying to trying to stir and mash rye. Right? Yeah. Well, the whole thing, yeah. But um, it's it's it, it's been pretty rewarding working with some other grains uh, and trying those. So until we until this until our juice from this new distillery hits the market, there's quite a few more exciting things that we've got waiting to release over the next few years bunch more single cask stuff um i think there's one other you, you see before what is another like learning or something that we've that we've had mm. and, and one thing is i think is that confidence um that like because pat was a, a winemaker 
I think I was a bit not nervous, but I didn't realize that that, that was a thing. It's actually a common thing. Um, and um, and and also the the I think we've got a real huge benefit being here on Waiheke Island with access to um, wine casks. And when I say wine casks, I mean, you know, totally fresh wine casks. And Mark just mentioned the Diet Chardonnay. Um, Diet is mother-daughter, so that's we, we use we use Diet to, to, for our wine cask finish range ranges. And, um, and Diet Chardonnay is the one when Dave Broom came to visit last time, that's the one that he chose to take home with him. It, it's a really interesting finish. I know Starwood Carly's recently, they've recently done a, a Chardonnay finish as well, but, you know, that Chardonnay was like emptied and bottled and you know it was a it was a it was a on the lease chardonnay and you know as soon as that was bottled we just could throw we can throw new make into it it hasn't traveled any distance whatsoever um it hasn't been sulfured um mm. you know so these fresh amazing wine casts are actually something that's a, a real benefit and it is something that we're able to benefit from and the you know the port when we call it peter port that port Pat made that port, you know, and he made it um, here on the island. Um, and mm. after he'd aged that, you know, he was able to, to fill that cask straight away. So, you know, I yeah, think there's, there's some advantages there that we've got that I didn't I didn't really realise were, you know, really really unique and and a positive. So that that's one. I yeah, think. it's a wet fill, wet fill. So yeah, we had to make the port because there's no New Zealand port. We won't use a New Zealand port cask. There isn't any anymore. With our tax tax system, you. There's no fortified wine um, industry in New Zealand at all. Yeah, right. Okay. So we had to make the port first. So it's a Petit Verdot grape. Uh, we distilled it in our old stills, fortified the wine, stayed in there for four years, got the casks back. That was the deal. We'll make you the port. We got the casks back. Um, and then it had been in bourbon for four years and then into the port for another year. Mm. So, yeah, quite quite good fun. Can't do that on on scale because there's no there's no port there's no port industry in a sherry industry in New Zealand. So, you know, we look to Australia for for those casks. Well, we're 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 happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another comment coming uh, from Whiskey with My Jam. Uh, so, for those that are keen, uh, malt traders in Queensland uh, have the what uh, can't even pronounce it now. Waheki whiskey Waheke. in store. And online right now. So smiley face emoji and uh so or buy direct. I think it might not be online right now, it might be online tomorrow, but I might be wrong. Yeah, let's go and check. Sorry, Mark. Maybe it is but it's definitely a definite today, so I guess it's excellent. Sorry, this is a one-off shipment because we just don't have the stock. So it's not something that will be, um, it won't happen again for a while. Well, this was, so yeah. We're getting, yeah. getting quick then is what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying it is a one-off shipment. Sadly, <laughs> so it won't be in your local, what, Dan Murphy's yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, this uh, all this whiskey is only, you know, maybe 1,000, 2,000 bottles at a run. Yeah. Sweetwater. Um, so... Yeah, we, we um, the only place we've exported to is Australia, which is, you know, uh, would be a great market for us and, and makes sense yeah. to go there first rather than anywhere else. So um, that's our first foray into export. And thanks, Mark, for, yeah, he's looking at it right now. Right. Oh, 
I'm going to write now. I'm going to try and find a direct link to post up for people. That's really kind. Uh, of you. Um, if I uh, if I can find it there, I mean, if we can make it sell out for you, then that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Thanks very much indeed. I mean, the most the most important thing for us is that you try it, you like it, you enjoy it. Um, you know, we've we've we had a fantastic time at um, Tassie Whiskey Week when we went over. We were really well looked after. Uh, by Mark in particular, and uh, the Overeems and and Ali from um, uh, from Sullivan's and and everyone that made us feel really at home, and uh, we had a great time, and we extend that invite to anybody that wants to come to Waikiki and hang out, and we're always here kicking around, wanting to shoot the shit as you'd say, and drink some whiskey <laughs> and people around. Yeah, so um, a pilgrimage next time we're over that way. Absolutely. So, yes, I've just posted up a link, uh, direct link to the search results. There are the four releases uh, on there. So there is the uh, the Sweetwater, the Moss, uh, the Chardonnay, and the Peat and Port uh, up available for sale right now. So, uh, yeah, jump yeah, onto those. Yeah, before there's only hard to sell out before tomorrow morning. Yeah, That'd there are great. only 45 in stock of the Sweetwater. Wow. Um, and yeah, the moss again 45. So, yeah, limited numbers get in quick before they all disappear. And you've put the link up, <coughs> I have put the link up into, into the chat, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right. Now, Thanks, there Chris. were some comments that came in that we've missed. A uh, lot of comments, there were a lot of comments tonight, which is awesome. Going all the way back to your non chill filtering, I think it was. Um, Ian Bruce says, brings up the question, does removing the lipids reduce or affect the taste? Yeah, well, it can do. do, And that's why we try not to remove the lipids. So um, it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, It's not just the lipids that are are causing us problems. Um, But I think so so we chose to um that's why we haven't fully non-chill non-chill filtered so we've removed maybe 50 percent of the flock um flocking agent but you're still going to get a little bit but we took it we did a lot of experimentation with it and took it to where we felt was we tried um, so many filters we yeah. spent so much money on filters yeah we tried a lot <laughs> of different filters um so we've got it to a point where we think it's a good tr- i mean we're not exporting to china or japan or the uk so i mean we're not worried about getting stuff sent back. The good thing is Australians particularly know, like Overeem and Flock Shots, I mean, people know and are enthusiastic about whiskey, know what it does. And that's yeah. why we didn't chill filter. Um, and so we just want to try and get it to you as, um, but we did filter, we were getting a little bit of sedimentation and some other stuff happening in the low ABV stuff. So that's why we filtered those. The 46 and above basically is just filtered through a sock. I mean, it's it's not. Um, there's nothing going on other than getting the bits of char and stuff out of the barrel and going on. So it's just a, you know, um, it's really not a um, not chill filtered at all. I mean, well, none of it's chill filtered, but there's hardly any filtering going on on anything over 46. Is that a, um, is that a used sock from the maltster? Yeah, yeah. This is excellent. That, how they get the special flavors. There's, mm. a, there's a story. I'll tell you a quick story about that. When we first <laughs> went to Dramfest. We, we snuck down there and Crazy Eric, our American business partner, who's, who's an interesting cat, we went down and he was under, we weren't, we weren't exhibitors at Dramfest, so we weren't supposed to, we were just guests. 
and Eric kept on saying, I'm going to take some whiskey and give it to Dave Broom and Charlie McLean. And we were like, no, nah, no, nah, you're not going to do that. You know, we leave them alone. Anyway. Yeah, bottle, he had these bottles of this rough that he carries like this army, an old, like genuine, you know, one of those canvas army thing, army bags with the buckles on it. And his yeah. bag kept like clanking around as he was walking around Drampest. And we were like, oh my God, can you stop with the clanking? And so yeah. Ricky gave him one of his hiking socks and he put this bottle in this hiking socks and said, you know, stop clanking around. Eric, he's got a Hawaiian shirt on, uh, camo shorts, no shoes, long hair, um, weird beard, looks looks completely mad. Um, comes up to Dave Broom, stops him, says, hi, we're from Wanky Whiskey. Pulls his sock out of his bag, <laughs> whiskey out of the sock, gives it to Dave Broom and says, taste this. So Dave Broom <laughs> And says, oh, that's quite nice. And he goes, oh, you can keep it. And Dave Broom goes, oh, thank you very much. And Eric goes, oh, you can keep the sock as well. Chucks him the sock. <laughs> so he's holding the sock and the whiskey. And then Eric just runs off into the crowd. While we're trying to go, oh, my God. Um, they put you on the map. <laughs> we are going to release a whiskey and a sock one day. That's going to be a <laughs> Dave Broom release in a, in a, in a, in a knitted wakey whiskey sock. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it, it's filtered through a, a sock filter, like a just a, mm -hmm. just a sort of like a two three micron um, watt filter. <laughs> uh, also, working down the list, we didn't get to again, uh, and I'm sorry, Ian, I missed most of your comments. <laughs> uh, usually, hip flask is needed on the Scottish Golf and fishing courses to keep you warm. Uh, haven't been to Scotland, but I'm going to agree with that. Uh, working down the list. All right, here we go. So, shit, I'm not sure what we were talking about again. Ian, I'm so sorry that I missed your comments. Uh, is there a noticeable change to the grain depending on the time that uh, it's been harvested? Yield and flavour. Yield and flavour. Um, no to flavour, yes to, yes to flyability. Um, I mean, again, um, flavor, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. I mean, the, the, we're making a lot of, um, we're making a lot of juice at the moment. The main thing we see um, is, is slight change in, you know, when we look at the COA, we're looking at slight change in, in, in humidity in particular and friability. So that's probably the thing that changes the most um, within, within the malt that we see. Um, but Gladfields run an extremely professional yeah. operation. Like yeah. what they have got down there is unbelievable. They're sending hundreds and thousands and thousands of tons of grain around the world now. So yeah, mostly for the craft brewing industry. So they're pretty tight on a lot of that stuff. So Ian, I mean, we haven't noticed it, but we probably haven't looked for it to be honest. Um, the things that we notice are the things that uh, that we see immediately as we're milling in um looking at you know um, mill gaps and and looking at our sieves and, and looking at the consistency of our mill flour ratio to husk to you know to cracks yeah, so um but pet hasn't mentioned it to me so hmm. no is the answer yeah right uh so your spirit safe is awesome not very popular in taz and i think only callington mill has one uh what is a spirit safe uh, it's, a, it's a shiny, it's a shiny a thing. It's a shiny right. thing, completely a unnecessary. 
Um, right, to attract whiskey geeks. Reasonably expensive. Yeah, no, no, um, so it's a switch. So basically... So that's the, is, that, is, that, is that one solid gold? Solid gold, yeah. No, I think it may be just gold-plated, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's about the right price to be solid gold. A, a spirit safe is an... A, it's a it, switch. Yeah, it's, a, it's basically... Um, it's it's an artifact uh, left over from the day when the only person that was supposed to have the... It's the key to that would be the tax man, right? So the idea is it's locked. You can't you can't get into the flow of whiskey to steal whiskey or pull whiskey out of the flow of whiskey. It's locked. It's safe, and it's a means of of testing the whiskey. So that you, you'll see that it has the little handles on it. It fills up the little beakers which have floating in them hygrometers. Um, so you can look at and they've got uh, thermometers too. So you look at the temperature and the alcohol content of your whiskey and see where to make your cuts. Um, nowadays, you know, if we want to test it, we l open the lid and put the Anton Parr in and see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but in the old days, that was all under lock and key, so um, so you can do that. And the other thing it does is it has a handler which lets us select, make the heads and tails cuts. Mm -hmm. So the, on the spirit side, um, so on the on the wash side, essentially it comes straight out into the bowl and down into the into the low wines receiver. And that's got a thermometer and a hygrometer in it that tells you when we're down to about 1% alcohol and then we're going to cut the run. Whereas on the spirit side, it's got two bowls. One's taking the heads and tails and the other one's taking the hearts cut. And again, mm. both with hygrometers and temperatures. And so we can tell when to take the cuts. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And of course, they're different depending whether it's a repeated run or a repeated run. Um, but in reality, we... We, we do a bunch of stuff other than use those. We use them for the wash run, but also when we're making our cuts, we're tasting, we're, you know, taking samples off the whole time. We're, um, we're using the Anton Parr. Um, we've got very, very digital temperature sensors as well as the old traditional thermometers. The, the, the spirit safe's actually got digital PTU hundreds in them. Um, and then the feedback loop to the PLC that lets us control the amount of steam that we've got going in the boil to the, the temperature, you control the, the water flow through the condensers, steam in the boil to get the temperature of the spirit to the correct temperature, about 20, 21, 22 degrees. Um, so we keep that static and that lets us then really look at our, our ABV very, very carefully. Mm. So, um, and stepping up to the new volume, like we, you know, again, we needed confidence about those cuts because it's so important. So, yeah, um, that's one of the reasons we had um, Sir Master Distiller Alan um, Winchester come and um, stay with us and commission the stills with us. And he helped us, he bought like a library of cuts and helped us mm. to kind of craft those cuts. Yeah, super yeah, right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so again, looking at the stills, uh, Ian, again, recognize stills from Dave Broom's article in the Whiskey Manual. Um, yeah. I'll have to Google that article and have a look. Hopefully Ian's still with us, since you ignored him all night. <laughs> He's probably given up and gone home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ian. It's normally too busy talking. Story, I know, I know. Just rapid fire. They're coming in. I can't keep up. Um, <laughs> Come and see us, Ian. Where, there, there you go, Ian. Hop on over over the ditch. There he is. He's still here. He's cool. still here. Um, 
Okay, so another comment that's come in from Fades. Are they repeating the malt to your specification? No. I mean, I, they're repeating. I mean, our specification was, I mean, yes, if our specification was make it as peaty as you can. Um, so when they started, it was relatively light, and we've just been on to Doug and Gabby, just make it more peat, more peat, more peat, more peat. Um, and, but I mean, I think that the specification that we were after was as much peat as we can because we can always, we can always dial that back both in, um, if we're mixing, um, peated, non-peated grain in our, in our, in our mash bill. Um, but which also, is what we did for which we did for moss, for example. Um, and so, you know, if we can get that, we wanted that. And I guess we were looking for, when we started, we were looking for something that we knew, right? We were looking for peat as we knew it. But on our uh, on our adventures in New Zealand peat, which we released our first little tasting packet, the byline was, it's it's peat, but not as you know it, Jim. Um, because, <laughs> you know, we were trying to find that that Lafroy, Glagobulin, Arbeg peat that just wasn't there yeah. because that's not what it is. And I think in the early days, we were really pushing Gladfields for more and more and more peat when we didn't really understand that it wasn't that kind of thing. And the smoke was never going to be there because it, it just isn't in it just isn't in the peat when you burn. And it. we also weren't after though, I think that's important. We weren't after smoke, like um which, you know, there's there's a lot more whiskies now that are kind of smoked or have that kind of um smoked malt. Um yeah. we didn't want just just smoke. I mean, my problem is that Lagavulin 16 is my probably my favourite whiskey of all time, and and I keep this. That's my number 43. That's my chicken chow main that I keep <laughs> going back to every single time. And so, you know, I think deep down inside, I was looking for something like that, um, which we were never going to get from um, from the peak. What's really interesting is now we've got our wash still, which is a little bit of a, a homage to Lagavulin wash still. It's very, very. It's got not is that our peated our peated whiskey and peated new make now is a lot more peaty than our previous peated new make and our other stills so we've really built this this distillery for peat minimum reflux you know fast still run big copper contact um really oily really meaty stuff coming out a little bit sulfurous quite different than what we were making before um yeah. so um and it's really exciting so yeah I think having that, said that we're currently doing non-peak i know because Ro doesn't like peak but i love peak but <laughs> we're currently doing non-peak so our mash bill will probably be around about 30 percent non-peated 70 percent peated over the year mm. well it's easy to put peat into unpeated but it's quite hard to take peat out of peated. that's it yeah yeah absolutely uh okay and uh ian says he definitely will be uh definitely will visit uh first heard through columns and the one nation under whiskey podcast uh so there you go somebody else dropping in to see you hopefully soon uh look we've kept you up probably well past your bedtime <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have to go back to the mainland tonight, though. So, <laughs> no, no, we live here. We're just we're home. We're only about ten minutes away from the distillery to home, so it's easy. It's an easy run. For Wonderful. Us. Hey, well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for for joining us. Thank you again for the samples. They yeah. were really, really lovely, and I definitely urge everyone to jump on to uh, the malt traders so you can get them locally, uh, or just pay the international freight and 
get it internationally, but uh, definitely grab a couple of bottles because it is really, really lovely spirit. Uh, well done, and, and thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to put up the website into the chat and, of course, on the screen for those that want to eyeball it. Uh, and, yeah, thank you. Thank you thank so you much again. for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very Cheers, guys. Thank you. Good night. Cheers. Uh, stick around. I'm going to play the uh, play the outro with our sponsors. Um, I do need to uh, update that so that the people who are listening <laughs> after the fact over, yeah. Yeah. can actually hear who our sponsors are. Um, but, yeah, very, very, very quickly we've got uh, the uh, – oh, crap, hold on. Now I'm not even doing it properly. Uh, there we go. So very, very quickly, we've got the Australian Gin, uh, Appreciation Society. Uh, I'm going to be working with Ben at the Easter show uh, again this year. So well, ben, come, come and see me at the Easter show. Uh, we've got Save a Glass. Uh, we've got uh, Voyager Craft Malt, uh, Mogwai Labs for all your yeasty needs. Uh, Why not Cooperage? Uh, we haven't... Is he still over in Fiji? No, he's well, but he's, he, uh, he's going back and forth. He's all the time. in the Barossa. He's he's putting barrels together. Yeah. Andrew, hello. Um, the Dubbo uh, Whiskey Festival coming up. Coming up. Yeah, coming up. It's almost year. Coming up yeah, to winter. Yeah, be a good one for you guys to come and visit. Mm, you would. Mm, yeah, that's lovely. Good. Fantastic. Come on over. Uh, and uh, Long Rays, uh, awesome, awesome mixes. I've only got one bottle of dark soda left. I'll fix you. Oh, no. Excellent. Oh, you got tonics, on, tonics and dark sodas yep. and, and other items, yeah. I generally don't like a whiskey oh, mixer, but I fucking love the dark well, soda. Got one case left. Got one case left. Uh, cool. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in two, two weeks, weeks two with weeks. someone. Tria Someone. Prima. Tria Prima. Tria Prima. It's Paul already Sam, Shandy. It is already up on the um on the Facebook and uh yeah, so... organized so far this year. Fuck me, Jesus. It only took us three years to get that far. Yeah. Might be speaking too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you all for joining us. Please like and subscribe, all those things, and we'll catch you in two, two weeks. weeks. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you much. Cheers.